on today's episode, yet another massive lead blown by the Chicago Blackhawks. Once up four to nothing, they wind up losing six to five to the Buffalo Sabres in the final 10 seconds of regulation. I'll talk about what went wrong for the Hawks last night and who's to blame for yet another monumental collapse. And then to wrap things up, I'll also get into the continued ups and downs for goaltender Kevin Lankin in, in his second NHL season. All of that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, March 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. A quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go leave the show five stars as well if you like what you're hearing today. And you can also go and leave me a review. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. If you haven't gotten the memo already, folks, each and every episode going forward is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm closing in on 100 subscribers. Really want to be boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button for me as well. I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to turn on those push notifications so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. It's another frustrating day to be a Chicago Blackhawks fan, folks, because last night at the United Center, it was a tough scene, to say the least. A tough game to be in attendance for as uh, a lowly Buffalo Sabres team that had several players out of the lineup as well due to injury and due to COVID-19. They wind up marching all the way back from down four to nothing and five to four to steal this one in the final 10 seconds of regulation. Just like the Blackhawks did on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights, um, wind up being a, a massive collapse yet again, but they got off to a, another roaring start, which was probably uh, the most frustrating part is once again, they had complete control of this game in the early portion. Uh, the Blackhawks jumped ahead three to nothing in the opening 20 minutes. Calvin DeHaan, believe it or not, uh, was the one to open the scoring for the Hawks, set up by Taylor Radish, who remains red hot in his first six games here as a member of the Blackhawks, now has five points in that time span. Uh, and for DeHaan, the reason why it's so crazy that he scored uh, this goal for the Blackhawks is that if you go back and look at his numbers, DeHaan, for those of you who don't know, has scored exactly one goal in each of his last four NHL seasons. Last time he potted more than one was all the way back in 2016-17 when he was still a member of the New York Islanders. So, uh, you know, that one 
had to feel good for Calvin finally getting uh, the one goal monkey off of his back, if you will. And then shortly after that, the Blackhawks doubled their lead in absolutely insane shift by Sam Lafferty. He goes and crushes Will Butcher into the boards, and then as all good grinders do, proceeds to go right to the front of the net and deflects a shot home from uh, Jake McCabe for his fifth goal of the year, his second in the last three games. All aboard the Sam Lafferty hype train, baby. I don't know what more Kyle Davidson needs to see out of this guy to give him a contract extension. I mean, he should be drawing it up literally as we speak because Sam Lafferty just seems like that perfect type of player that we need moving forward through this rebuild. And I hate to be that guy, but I've been talking for the last few episodes here about how Sam Lafferty could be the next Brandon Hagel. And look, I'm not comparing those two yet, but they have had eerily similar first seasons with the Blackhawks. Going back to Hagel last year, he was kind of like Lafferty was doing a little bit of everything, was all over the ice, providing the team with a lot of energy. He was that spark plug to the lineup. He just couldn't bury a goal. He just had a hard time putting the puck in the back of the net. This year, Brandon Hagel shot 22%, and that's a huge reason reason why the Blackhawks got such a massive haul for him in return. Now, if Lafferty could be burying his chances at the same rate that Hagel was this season, if Lafferty is able to do that next year, we may have a very similar player on our hands here. So great to see Sam Lafferty uh, keep doing his thing on the ice. It's so needed for this Blackhawks team. Uh, And he's just fun to watch on each and every shift. I mean, like I said, I am all aboard the Sam Lafferty hype train, and I know I am not the only one by any means that feels that way about Lafferty here in Chicago. Uh, And then the third goal um, was insane. One of the best goals I've seen in person. Jonathan Taves gave us a vintage Taves moment to put the Blackhawks up three to nothing. He danced around a defender, then goes forehand, backhand to beat Tokarski for his 10th goal of the season and also his sixth in the last 10 games. So we've seen the captain uh, certainly a whole lot more active in the past few months here on the offensive end. He's also now got 20 points in his last 31 games. So um, starting to see Taves get back to the player, you know, that he kind of was a few years ago before he was forced to miss all of last season due to that illness. Uh, And it just seems like he's You know, he was so frustrated in the beginning of the season, right, when he went 25 games without a goal. He's snapping his stick over the bench. I think he was kind of overthinking things on the ice. It's nice to see him, you know, finally um, starting to click. Things are finally starting to work in his favor again, not only by finding the back of the net, but he's been really solid, I've thought, in the offensive zone, you know, which was always his bread and butter along the boards, winning a lot of battles, using his size to his advantage. He's not the biggest guy, but he knows – how to position himself in order to win puck battles. We've start, started to see uh, more and more out of uh, Taze in that area as of late as well. Uh, and I talked about this yesterday on the show too, but we even heard Taves recently say he's still not quite back at 100% at this point. So if that's really the case, then there, there could be a whole lot more that Taves has left to give in his NHL career, whether that comes here in Chicago or not is the million-dollar question moving forward. Uh, But that beautiful goal by Taves put the Blackhawks up 3 to nothing after 20 minutes, and then right out of the gate in the second, DeBrinckit and Strom. I thought Strom should have shot shot on that two-on-one. It it still winds up working out. Uh, DeBrinckit gets the puck in the corner and then sets up Seth Jones for his fifth goal of the season. That 
also extended Jones's point streak to six games and also gives him more goals than his younger brother, Caleb, once again, which uh, I know is probably something that he was thinking about for a little bit there when uh, he just couldn't buy a goal for like two or three months. It was terrible. And we heard him express his frustration to the media about this um, not long after Caleb took the lead in goals. Um, so it, nice to see Seth, you know, finally having a little bit of puck luck and seeing a couple go in here in the last handful of games. Uh, also, on that goal that put the Blackhawks up four to nothing, both Strom and DeBrinket extended their point streaks to six and five games, respectively. So, like it was in Vegas on Saturday, it was all Blackhawks in the early portion of this game. But after jumping ahead four to nothing, all hell broke loose at the United Center. And it was like the Blackhawks completely forgot how they got to that point, how they started off the game, how they were absolutely dominant through the early portion. After going up four to nothing, it was like they stopped playing offense. They had no sustained pressure in the offensive zone. They were completely back on their heels. And Buffalo just absolutely took it to them in the final 35 minutes or so. I mean, the Buffalo freaking Sabres. It's not like we were doing this against a Vegas team who was very desperate to get in a playoff spot to keep their playoff hopes alive like we were on Saturday. No, this is the Buffalo Sabres that we're talking about, the bottom of the barrel for the NHL in the last couple of years. And if you go and look back at the analytics for this one, uh, some of the ugliest numbers, all things considered, uh, throughout the course of the season. I mean, uh, I think the Blackhawks, um, they, they mustered up a whopping one high danger opportunity in the final two periods. They also only had 13 shots on goal. So uh, it was just absolutely pathetic how they wound up blowing this game. And not only now has this happened in back-to-back games, folks, but if you go back and look at the Blackhawks' recent outcomes, um, they've also blown leads in five consecutive games now, going back two Sundays ago against the Winnipeg Jets. Yes. Uh, the Blackhawks allowed a 2-1 lead to slip out of their grasp in the second period, end up losing 6-4 in regulation. Then, uh, in their first game out west against the Anaheim Ducks, Blackhawks led 2-1 early in the second period, uh, or in the third period, I should say. They let that one slip out of their grasp again. Fortunately, they ended up still winning that game thanks to a late goal by Dylan Strome. Uh, but the very next night in Los Angeles, the Blackhawks blew leads of one to nothing, two to one, and three to two. They ended up still winning that game thanks to an incredible effort by Colin Delia in net and thanks to Alex DeBrinket scoring the lone goal of the shootout. But they blew leads in each of those three games as well. And of course, we know what happened on Saturday in Vegas and last night against the Buffalo Sabres. So basically, I mean, despite winning a couple of those games, the Blackhawks, they've blown leads in five in a row. And really, That's kind of the synopsis of the season, right? If you've been watching the Chicago Blackhawks all year long, then you know they've struggled. I don't know if, honestly, one time all season long, they've put together a complete 60-minute effort. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter where they're at, if they're at home or if they're on the road. They just can't put together a consistent 60-minute game. It's quite frustrating. And another unbelievable collapse last night to fall to the Buffalo Sabres 6-5 to five on home ice after being ahead 4 to nothing at one point, absolutely hitting rock bottom. 
All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks blowing yet another massive lead for the second consecutive game. Coming up in just a moment, I will be discussing who's to blame for this collapse last night to Buffalo. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as college basketball's Final Four is finally upon us. And Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just basketball. From the NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Locked On Blackhawks, getting into segment two now today. I also wanted to be sure to go over who I think is responsible for the Blackhawks blowing yet another big lead, this time on home ice to a lowly Buffalo Sabres squad. So while I do think that Derek King has to take on some of the blame here for this, I mean, he is the head coach of a team that's been blowing leads regularly here as of late, as I just talked about, five games in a row now where the Blackhawks have blown a lead. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what the message is in there, of course, but something certainly has to change here because this is just getting out of hand at this point. I mean, no lead, absolutely no lead is safe for the Chicago Blackhawks to have. Um, so I, I do think Kinger has his part in this, but when you go back and look at how Buffalo ended up getting back into this game, it really was due to a bunch of defensive breakdowns and simply not executing in coverage. And again, I do think that, you know, King has to take on some of the blame for that. It's, you know, his players and he's letting them, you know, kind of get out of sorts a bunch here as of late. Um, He's not getting, you know, his players in the right mindset in order to finish the job. But for the guys on the ice, in my opinion, they have to be the ones to take on the blame for this because, I actually went back twice now. I've done it. I went back last night and this morning and looked at each of the goals that Buffalo scored, and all of them basically were due to breakdowns in coverage by the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm not able to share the clips on my screen or anything with you all, but if you're able to, I think you should go back right now in the NHL app or even go look it up on Twitter if you don't have the NHL app uh, and go back and look at all of these goals that Buffalo scored with me. So you can get kind of a better idea of what I'm talking about, because really when you put my words, I think, I hope at least, if you put my words together while you're watching these clips, I think you'll absolutely agree with me that this is the player's fault because basically each and every goal that Buffalo scored, it was because they either turned the puck over, they lost their man in coverage, or it was just a simple breakdown, honestly, each and every goal that Buffalo scored. So go and look at those with me if you're able to. But the first goal that Buffalo scored came from Victor Olofsson on the power play. Uh, Debrinket, if you go and watch the penalty kill, he was a little bit out of position. That allowed Olofsson to get open at the right dot. And then he ended up beating Lankinen with a, a one-timer. He had a wide-open cage. Um, but all season long, one thing that's been noticeable to me is that the Blackhawks' penalty kill has given up those seam passes from dot to dot far too easily. Like, they give up so many one-timer opportunities on the power play. The first time where it was really apparent to me 
was a few weeks back against the St. Louis Blues where the St. Louis just picked them apart on the power play by going dot to dot, back and forth, back and forth, and the Blackhawks just couldn't stop it. And this time, they couldn't stop it again, and it wound up giving all the momentum back in the Sabres' favor, and that's where it wound up staying throughout the remainder of the game, of course, as we know now. Um, so that was the first goal that cut the Blackhawks' lead to 4-1. to one. The second, Gustafson, go back and watch it, gets the puck in the defensive zone, decides to wait like three seconds for whatever reason before throwing it behind the net. Jeff Skinner's able to get there to force the turnover. Uh, he centers it. Unfortunately, it kind of took a bad bounce off Dylan Strom's stick in front. Finds Olafson at the left dot, and he beats Lankinen. Top shelf, glove high for a second goal of the period. That had cut the Blackhawks' lead to only 4-2. to two. Kind of a toughie, I think, for Lankinen to allow there. Um, but at the same time, the puck was bouncing a little bit all over the place. And then the third goal, yet another turnover by Eric Gustafson. He throws it up the boards, not able to get the puck out. Uh, Tyler Johnson, who also returned to this game last night for the Blackhawks, which was definitely good to see. Um, but he also failed to get the puck out of his own end. And then Oposo's shot ends up banking off of Gustafson's right skate and trickles past Lankinen to make things a lot more interesting. All of a sudden, the Blackhawks lead is down to just four to three before even the end of the second period. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention as well, after these two kind of blunders by Gustafson in the second period, he wound up only playing five shifts in the third. So we may finally be seeing Alex Vlasic on Thursday night, folks. Only took a few boneheaded plays by Gustafson that wound up uh, with the puck in the back of his, of his own net. So that made it four to three heading into the third period. And then who else but former Blackhawk Vinny Henestroza to tie things up at four apiece. This one was maybe the most frustrating of them all because um, Vinny Henestroza won a puck battle uh, right in front of the Blackhawks. Not sorry, I had a hair in my mouth, folks. That's always fun. But Henestroza ends up winning a puck battle in front of the net when Jake McCabe. Riley Stillman and Dominic Kubalik were all right there in the area. They were all within probably a foot of Vinny in front of the net. Just completely unacceptable to let that one end up in the back of your own goal. I mean, the 5'9 Vinny Henestroza winds up out battling three guys in front of the net. I mean, someone has to be taking the body there and be able to clear him out of the front of the net. I mean, Riley Stillman's a big boy. Jake McCabe's a big boy. I know Dominic Kubelik's not known for his defensive skill set, but all three of those guys were just standing around in a crucial point of the game. So, yet another defensive breakdown by the Blackhawks winds up to this game, winds up uh, allowing this game to be tied up four to four there early on in the third period. Uh, the fifth goal, which ended up tying the game once again after DeBrinket put the Blackhawks back ahead on the power play, another blown coverage by the Blackhawks. Reese Johnson loses Alex Tuck in coverage, and then gets beat to the front of the net. A really nice pass by Victor Olofsson. Kind of had eyes in the back of his head there, but he throws the puck to, towards the front of the net. A perfect pass. Because Tuck had a step on Reese Johnson, he's able to get there and tap it past Lankin and to tie the goal up five, tie, tie the game up five to five. Excuse me, words are hard. But do you see the common theme here, Blackhawks fans? I mean, each and every one of these goals were due to the Blackhawks not doing what they were supposed to be in the defensive zone. So you can blame Derek King all you want, and I agree. He does have 
some say in this matter because he's not able to calm his players down after having these blunders. We've seen it far too often, right? So I do think he has a say in this, but it's really up to the players in order to go out there and execute to get the job done. I mean, four to nothing, that's quite the cushion you guys built for yourself. Um, But they weren't able to execute down the stretch. Breakdown after breakdown after breakdown really wound up costing them. Against a team like Buffalo, too, who had absolutely no business clawing their way back into this one, they end up winning in regulation uh, thanks to all the defensive woes that the Blackhawks made in the final 40 minutes. They wind up losing in, honestly, the most embarrassing way possible. This was probably the most embarrassing thing I've witnessed at a game in person. It, It was terrible. It was probably... I've seen the Blackhawks lose 4-0 to the Vancouver Canucks, and this one probably hurt more than any game I've ever witnessed. I also watched them lose 5-0 to the Minnesota Wild this year. That one was an absolute stinker. But honestly, folks, this one might have hurt the most, all things considered, with Buffalo being the team they are, the Blackhawks having a 4-0 lead coming on home ice in just two days after they did this very same thing against the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. All right, there are my thoughts on Who's to blame for the Blackhawks' 6-5 loss to the Buffalo Sabres last night? Coming up in just a minute, I will get into Kevin Lankinen continuing his roller coaster ride of a season in net. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rockauto has been, rockauto.com is the place to go to save both money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30% 50% or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle from motor oil to tail lamps, and even carpet. And you can also choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money and time for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices? And be sure to let them know that the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on to segment three here today. Before I wrap things up this afternoon, quick check of the phone, see if we got any breaking news. We don't. But what I wanted to wrap things up with today, folks, is I also wanted to be sure to share my thoughts on Goaltender Kevin Lankinen continuing to have plenty of ups and downs throughout the course of his sophomore season here in the NHL. Uh, And just like the team in front of him, Lankinen uh, keeps being kind of a frustrating watch a little bit this year because um, it's just been a ton of ups and downs, mostly downs this year, to be honest. Um, But after putting together two really solid games in a row, against the Minnesota Wild and the Anaheim Ducks, both of which he only gave up two goals. Um, He's now taken, I think, a couple of big steps back in his last two outings and has now given up 11 goals total in his last two starts. And again, I literally, excuse me, just broke down each and every goal that the Blackhawks surrendered last night. 
got the burps. These energy drinks always give me the burps, folks. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, I broke down each and every one of the goals that Buffalo scored last night uh, in order to claw their way back into this one. And a lot of them, most of them even, uh, were due to the defense in front of Lankinen. But there were definitely a few moments along the way where you're like, man, he really needed to make that big time stop. And he did make a couple of those, if I'm being honest. Um, before Buffalo tied the game 5-5, five to five, there were a couple of really good chances. One of them came on a deflection, I believe, from Casey Middlestad, where Lankinen was able to get his blocker on it. So I'm not saying, you know, all in all, it was an atrocious performance out of Kevin Lankinen. He did make some big time stops, but there were still plenty of moments where you're like, ah, man, he, he really has to save that one. Um, Olofsson, Olofsson's second goal of the game there, which cut the Blackhawks lead to 4-2, to two, I thought that was one where he maybe could have gotten his glove on it. It really wasn't like a top shelf snipe or anything. Um, but I get that the puck was kind of bouncing all over the place. It took a little bit of an unexpected bounce off of Dylan Strom. Uh, but I still thought, you know, especially with momentum starting to creep into Buffalo's favor, considering how the Blackhawks had just blown a massive lead two nights before, I thought that was one that really would have gone a, a long way to keep the Blackhawks ahead by uh, at least three goals at that point. Um, and then the third goal, Oposo's goal, which did end up banking in off Eric Gustafson. Again, it's kind of tough to put the blame on Lincoln in there, but when you watch the puck just trickle into the back of the net and considering, you know, at that point in the game, all the momentum's in Buffalo's favor. They had just scored two in a hurry, both by Olafson. Um, I think he was a little bit too far out of his net there. And, uh, because of that, he, he didn't have the angle when the puck took a deflection and it just kind of went right by his right pad. Um, again, another one of a toughie, but yeah, to see that one trickle in, especially at that point of the game, uh, it, it was a tough pill to swallow. But the real kicker last night, folks, the real one where you're like, oh my God, was undoubtedly the game winner that Buffalo scored when there was 10 seconds left in the game. And uh, the Blackhawks were shorthanded. Dylan Strom took a penalty, which honestly I thought was a good one. I thought Jeff Skinner pretty much had an open cage there to seal the deal. Strom hooked him in order to prevent that. So I didn't really mind the penalty in that instance. Um, but Buffalo moves the puck over to the left dot. Tage tops Thompson absolutely claps a one-timer, but his stick snaps in half, absolutely exploded. But the puck goes and banks off the end boards and directs right to the near post. And then Lankinen ends up kicking it into his own cage with 10 seconds to go. Ends up being way too far out of his own net. Kind of got caught in scramble mode there, just trying to get back to his post. And winds up kicking home the game winner for the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, there were seriously no words to describe watching that puck go in. And I was literally like seven rows back of Kevin Lankinen slight flex there. Not a big deal. No, I'm just kidding. They weren't my tickets. Believe me, I can't afford that. Um, but to watch that go in, to watch him get that far out of his net and 10 seconds left, it made me want to scream. It just simply can't happen in the crucial point of a game. Um, especially, you know, what had, after what had transpired in the first 35 minutes, that's how you wind up losing. It was actually unbelievable. Um, and again, I don't put the full blame on Kevin Lankinen because um, 
The defense in front of them is certainly what got the Blackhawks to that point, what allowed Buffalo to get back into this one when they had no business being there. Uh, but it just continues to be such a frustrating season for Lankin. And after uh, another tough loss last night where he allowed six goals, he allowed five in his last start, like I said, 11 in his last two games. And with you know him being an unrestricted free agent in the offseason, I, I just really don't know what the Blackhawks are going to want to do with him. I think it's, you know, maybe 50-50 that he'll be the starter next year, maybe 60-40 in favor of Lankinen being the starter. Um, but, you know, you got to consider we got Arvid Soderblom coming up in the system. Now he's still a little bit young and raw in terms of his development. This is his first year overseas, uh, over in North America, coming from overseas to play in, you know, the AHL. Uh, we also got to consider there's Drew Comesso, who's still probably a couple of years down the road. But the Blackhawks also recently inked Jackson Stauber to a three-year entry-level contract as well. All three of those guys are expected to be coming up, you know, not too far down the road. So I just wonder, are the Blackhawks going to want to bring back Lankinen at this point? I mean, um, they could probably go out there and get a cheap veteran in the offseason to kind of take the load off of Arvid Soderblom for next year. I expect Soderblom to come into training camp as the backup for the Blackhawks. Um, I just don't know what route they're going to want to go. What are they going to end up wanted, wanting to do with Lankinen? Uh, but all I'm saying is he really hasn't shown the organization all that much since getting off to uh, that roaring start in the first half of the COVID-shortened season last year. He, he really just has not helped his case to come into next season as the starter for the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, we still have some more games to go here down the stretch, but if Lankinen doesn't pick it up, uh, I just can't help but wonder if the front office is going to wind up going in a different direction with their goaltender department moving forward. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, March 29th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. Also, please be sure to go and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done so yet. Either way, whatever you do, if you, if you follow, you subscribe on YouTube. I hope you do both, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day by doing so. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone will help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the podcast, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for listening to another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.